This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You are back with Generation Next. It is quarter past seven. Um, I'm Maddie. And I'm Dylan. And still Dylan. Yep, still hasn't changed. We're still the same people. (laughs) We are just going to keep reminding you just in case you forget, because I personally am really terrible with names. Yeah, I am so bad. You know what? I just call everyone babe, dude, and if I'm really meant to remember, oh my God, hello. (laughs) I miss you. What about when someone you have no idea, someone you don't know greets you on the street and knows who you are? Do you know what? I I freak out then. I'm like, oh, hi, how are you? But like at at work, for example, because I I work in a nightclub and I have people that come up to me and I've been there for a year now. So it's like I'm too far deep now to be like, oh, sorry, what's your name? (laughs) And they're like, hey, Dylan, how are you? I'm like, hi, friend. And, you know, they would know you because they'd only see, you know, a certain number of bartenders. You see that many people coming through buying drinks. Yes, that's true. That's true. But these are people that I like, I I know them. They're they're regulars. And I'm just like, (laughs) I'm person how what's that thing that you're up to lately oh that yeah thing that you were talking about last i gotta go yeah on? exactly that yeah. <laughs> anyway we're going to be getting on to a more serious note and i am going to trigger warn this segment for discussion of mental health issues and suicide if this is something you would rather not hear about li- listen to or you think it's going to affect you come back in 10 or so minutes go make yourself a cup of tea or something like that mm-hmm. um it's getting to the end of the year, which is, you know, it's supposed to be this joyful time, but honestly, it's kind of stressful as hell. You know, it's exam season. Good luck to everyone out there who's doing exams, whether it's school or uni. I finished my last assignment yesterday. Thank God. I have an essay and an assignment to do, and then I'm done for the year. I had a seven and a half thousand words to do in the space of a week. Like, that's two assignments. So why am I doing postgrad? <laughs> But yeah, it's exam season, it's holiday season is coming up, which means, you know, relatives and all of that, which can be really stressful for queer people, Um, especially if you've got the kind of family who are, so why don't you have a boyfriend yet? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, where's your girlfriend? Where's your girlfriend? Yeah, I have had that conversation far too many times. I think, you know, my my mum's entire side of the family just thinks I'm completely asexual. But, um... And young LGBTI people are at high risk of poor mental health outcomes anyway. Like, I, that's what the essay I handed in yesterday was on. <laughs> so it's, you know, sort of foremost in my head at the moment. And in a population that's already at risk of depression, anxiety and all that kind of thing, uh, the stress of exams and holidays, that, that hits pretty hard. And, like, on a more personal note, um, last month... Um, a young, very young member of the LGBTI community actually entered his life. He was part of the Minus 18 committee for several years. He was he volunteered at Midsummer and things like that. He was incredibly hard worker and like really lovely person. He was 19. So this is a thing that is just like really close to my heart at the moment. So I guess I just wanted to talk a bit about what you can do if you do feel like things are getting on top of you. And it, it is very, very difficult to sometimes look past when you do have an insurmountable amount of pressures on you. And I get that feeling a lot where it's, you know, you look at, you've got to manage your work life. You've got to manage your family commitments, you social commitments. You've got to get a bit of sleep occasionally. I don't understand what that 
word that you said was. <laughs> well, you said you were working 11pm till 7am, so I think sleep might be a little foreign to you. You said it again, I still don't know what that word means. <laughs> you just you just go unconscious and hallucinate vividly for a while. Uh, do you know what? Like, being tired is a perpetual state of being for students. I mean, we've got so many pressures that we have. You, you have to, one, rank ourselves against our peers. Oh, yeah. And that that's that can be hard at times, and I think it's quite cruel. Where it's like, you know, okay, go and student right now, right now, you know, and you're giving these deadlines and you're giving these tasks to to commit to and, and to complete. And it's yeah, sometimes it can be quite um, overwhelming. I know that I've experienced that uh, really low vibes lately. Yeah, definitely. Because like, if you're in the high school environment at the moment, be working towards your ATAR, which is when six years of high school are boiled down into four four digits, and you are told that that is the be all and end all of your entire life, it's not. Totally. Seriously. Do you know what? I'm a high school dropout. I left school after a severe family breakdown in between year eleven and twelve. And you can go back and study later. If things get too that's much... That's what you're doing. Yeah, and that's what I'm doing right now. I, I might not be enjoying it as <laughs> <laughs> as greatly as some. Well, it's like you enjoy it except when the pressures pile onto you. That's what I'm like. Totally, totally. And, you know, I think it's like cool when you have like one unit at a time, one essay at a time. Not three essays due in one weekend like my last semester. Oh, right now I've got... Yeah, I've I've smashed down one essay and one assignment. I've still got two essays to go and one assignment. Good luck. It's it, it gets tough. It gets tough. Maddie, what do you do when you're in a situation where you have to when when the pressure it does come on and you get that you get that voice in the back of your head? What do you how, how do you cope with that? I'm the type who I need to talk to people. Like there are people who find it easiest to be on their own. I can't do that because if I'm on my own, but I'm already a bit low. It gets worse, so I, I need to have people around me. Like, even if they're people I don't know very well. I lived on campus for four years, and there was a stage where I was actually dealing with, like, severe depression that um, medication was not doing... That. Like, I was just getting on the medication, so at that stage, it's still kind of... Your body's getting used to it. And at a time when I actually felt like I was a risk to myself, I just went out and I sat with my flatmates, who I barely spoke to, and I said, look, I need to be around someone at the moment, and they just welcomed me with open arms. Yep, that's that, and that's a really positive way to do it because I know that when I, when I start feeling anxious, I lock myself away. There are some days where I might not even get out of bed. I might, I won't even leave my room, and that's probably not the that, and that's definitely not the healthiest way to go about it. Yeah, although for some people that's probably like very effective. I think the biggest thing is to find your coping mechanism because everyone's different, and some people do best with space, and others do best with just people around them. Mm. And you know, it's no one um, situation is. Oh, sorry, not no one mechanism is the be all and end all. And it's there. It, you have to find what's right for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is always okay to talk to your friends. Like, if you think about it, you tend to think something like, "Oh, they're dealing with enough. They don't need my burden on them as well." But if a friend came to you and said, look, I'm actually really struggling at the moment. Can I chat to you for a bit? You wouldn't be thinking, oh, they're just getting, you know, they wouldn't be thinking what you assume they'll be thinking. And that's, that's so true. I had a friend last year who, um, she went through a really, really, really difficult time, incredibly difficult time. And she ended up 
being um, admitted, the the cat team came, and oh yeah, that's a crisis assessment team yeah, or something like that. Yeah, and she was um, she was taken, uh, she was admitted to the hospital, and she didn't tell anyone that she was going through this pro- time because she felt unimportant. And the amount of people that we just stood around and were just like, "Babe, we're here!" Like we're here i mean that's what friends are for we're here for the you know the good nights and the bad mornings and you know laughing all night and staying up till the sun comes up and being there when you are at rock bottom that's that's what a friend is but that's one of the really insidious things about depression yes exactly if you're dealing with depression with anxiety with numerous other mental health issues the voice in your head is telling you no you don't deserve help and people don't want to help you and, you know, you're a burden and all that kind of thing. And it is not true in the slightest. Totally. After this often comes about, like after, say, someone may end their life or they may end up admitted or something like that. People talk, you know, people are people grieve. But you sort of imagine when you are at that point that um, people aren't going to grieve, that you're doing them a favor. And that's that is the really insidious part about mental health issues. So they convince you that no one's going to care. And, and so many people care. A hundred percent, Maddie. A hundred percent. One thing that I find that works for me is like when it does get too much and it's not something that, you know, you can do all the time, but I just kind of get out of dodge for a bit. I might just get away. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've thought about that a lot. Um, I, I, I'm lucky that I've got friends around the country that I can just... Hi, crushing on your couch. Don't mind me. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm coming to Brisbane. I'm coming to Sydney. I'm going to go to Perth for the weekend. I just need... Can, can I stay? Yeah. And it, that, that works for me. But, you know, it's not something that I can do because, you know, I am a student. So yeah. <laughs> it's not student exact. budgets. <laughs> yeah. And look, there are some cool, you know, discounts that you can get as a student, but there's not that many. So it's not something that it's not a practical means. But when it gets too much, that's one thing that I definitely find is just getting the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. Just getting away from the pressures for just a, just a little while. Absolutely. And then you come back to it and you can come back to it with a clear head. And you're refreshed. Absolutely. Um, we, I've just got a couple of helplines and things. Um, these are just people you can call any time of the day or night. Kids Helpline isn't just for under 18s. I believe under 25 is their main, like their main base. But if you're 26, they're not going to tell you to go away. So Kids Helpline is one eight hundred double five one eight hundred, and Lifeline thirteen eleven ten. Um, you mentioned the cat team. Yeah. Like the crisis assessment team, they're around like all areas of Melbourne and regional Victoria. That's if, when it gets, if it does get to crisis point, if you feel as though you're not safe or someone you love is not safe, they are people you can call who will come to your door. Yeah. Um, and they treat you and there's the utmost respect. If you And if you think, you know, if you're worried, if, if the anxiety starts coming in and you think that your problem's not important then or that you're going to be judged, these people will not judge you. The, no this way. is what they do. This is what they, are, you know, they're there for. Yeah. That's what the service is there for. They're there for you when you're in that low, that low, low point. And you know what? I think they'd rather go to someone and get the impression that, you know, they're going to be okay and are just having a bad night than not go to someone and that person ends up ending their life or harming themselves or something like that. That's exactly right. Um, Headspace centres are around the country. Um, 
they do offer counselling and a lot of them also have GPs because the way to go if you want a referral to counselling is to go to your GP. And get a mental health plan. Yep, get a mental health care plan. There are also Headspace centres that do have GPs within them. Uh, Headspace Geelong is one I can say, like I went there for a year, year and a half and there is a GP there. You make make the appointment, they get in touch with one of the counsellors, the GP and the counsellor in contact, and that's that's really effective. Um, last place I'm going to mention, uh, it's called QLife. It just opened this year. It's a counselling and referral service specifically for the LGBTIQ community. Uh, both phone uh, 1-800-184-527 or qlife.org.au. You can chat with them online if talking isn't really something you, you can do. And just remember that depression and anxiety are not uh, does not mean that you are less than. It means that you are actually a person. Yeah, definitely. Just means there's something with your, you know some of the chemicals in your brain are, fi- are misfiring a little bit. Totally doesn't mean there is anything wrong about you because there is not. Or you've had a hard year. But hey, look, we've got more generation next coming up right after this. Yeah, this song. Uh, we miss you, Julian. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.